This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. I was having a conversation recently with one of my little ones about a particular pattern of behavior, and they said something to me like, I don't know why I do that. Don't you do it? And I went on to explain, yeah, I used to do that same thing at one point in my life, but I stopped doing it because it just didn't make any sense. And we kind of moved on to the next something else in the conversation, but that question that they asked don't you do that? It kind of stuck with me. It wasn't a defensive or accusatory question, but it caused me to sit with it for a minute. And it caused me to consider how far I've come. I don't live in a world where people are cheering me on day in and day out and telling me how great I am. In fact, I have about three people total (laughs) that are consistently and pretty faithfully Team Karen. And they, they're the ones who remind me about my journey and how far I've come. They're the ones who encourage me and genuinely believe in me, even when I don't even understand why. And as a rule, I don't take a lot of time thinking about things in the past, nor do I spend as much time as maybe I should looking toward the future. My general posture in life is just to keep my head down and try to get through what's in front of me on this day. And I think there's some good in that. Um, Even though Paul told the Philippians that he forgot about all the things that were behind him and reached forward to what was ahead, that's definitely the goal, right? But I also think that there's some value in looking back sometimes. Not in the guilt and shame of a life that was past that dishonored God, but in gratitude for how far we've come, because it's very easy to forget. I've been praying this prayer for years now. You probably have heard me say it before. Lord, help me to see people the way you see them and love them the way you love them. Because I realize there's not a single person on the earth, no matter what their behavior is or has ever been, that Jesus didn't shed his blood for. And I can look at people who I might judge to be behaving badly, and I realize that, but for God's grace, that could be me. I realize that my sin alone would have been enough for Jesus to die on the cross. And the only thing that makes me different, if I am different at all, is that I've accepted the sacrifice that he made so I can have a relationship with him. And that relationship is what has changed my life. It's really not my job or anyone else's to be like the global fruit inspector where you're judging the fruit of everybody's life and their behavior. But we're called to reflect God in the standard of his holiness and righteousness and his truth and with his love. And on the rare occasions when we may be called to speak into the lives of others, it is absolutely imperative that we do that with a sense of humility 
that's rooted in the reality that the person in front of us is no different than I was, or maybe even still am. So just something to think about. People often say uh, that we as Christians live in an upside down kingdom. And I know what they mean when they say that, but it has always bothered me because if you say the kingdom is upside down, that kind of gives the impression that the kingdom of this world is the one that's right side up. And that just seems wrong to me. But anyway, I do understand what it means when people say it. And I know you've heard me say before, almost without exception these days, whenever I read the Bible, I see in bold relief the altogether otherness of God and the way he thinks and the way he moves. There's been so many times when I'm reading accounts of the demonstrations of God and of the life of Jesus where I think there's just no way that I would ever do that. I'm sure that no one else does that because it is ridiculous. But one of the things that puts my brain in an absolute twist is the relationship between Jesus and Judas Iscariot. The Bible clearly says that Jesus personally chose all 12 disciples and invited them to follow him. And Luke 6 says that he chose them all after prayer, okay? And Judas was one of those 12. When John wrote his gospel, he says that Judas was a known thief who did not care at all about the poor. On more than one occasion throughout the gospels, Jesus talked about the poor. He said that they would always be with us. And there were more than one occasion where he told people to sell what they had and give it to the poor. So I think it's safe to say that he cared greatly for poor people. But here's this known thief that cares nothing about poor people. And then on top of that, don't not only do you choose him, you give him the responsibility of carrying the money bag for the whole group of 12, 13 guys for three years. The money bag is like the checkbook for the group. And they all knew that Judas regularly (laughs) stole money from it, okay? And if that's not enough, Jesus knows the end from the beginning, right? So he knew when he chose him that Judas would be the one who would betray him. All of that. And he still chose him. He poured his life into him. And he kept him close to him for three full years. Can you imagine the things that Judas was privileged to see and hear and learn by spending over 1,000 days in close, immediate proximity to God himself manifest in the flesh? I can't say that I would have chosen Judas. Knowing What Jesus knew, I can't say I would have chosen him. Because if you've been alive for any length of time, you know what it feels like to be betrayed. And yet none of us have even ever been betrayed to the point of our death. And Jesus knew fully what he was working with and still he chose him. I just just don't think I could have done it. But the fact is, everything that Judas did, I have done. And Jesus also chose me.
I have stolen from God on more than one occasion in withholding the tenth of what was his. I have closed my hand and my heart to people in need because I got tired of them asking me or I felt like they needed to work it out just like I had to do or I didn't want to give up something of my own to help them. I have betrayed him so many times, I don't even like to think about it. I have dishonored him with my words and my actions again and again. And I've betrayed him also with my own kiss. The false intimacy that I have demonstrated in worship that was really more about me than about him. And my sin, my rejection of him, led him to that cross just like Judas. And still, he chose me. You you might not be able to relate to me and my life and the things that I'm telling you. I'm just sharing with you the reality of what I know to be true about my journey. And I would never encourage anyone to dwell on or focus on life and things in the past, but simply to remember where God has brought you from. It's so easy for us to look at people and judge them because we forget how far we've come by God's grace. I remember years ago, I was young, I was trying to get myself together. I wanted to serve God with a true and pure heart. I really did. I just didn't know how to experience healing and wholeness and freedom. And I would ask people like, you know, so-called mature people, church leaders, whatever. I would ask them, what do I need to do to be free? I've given my life to Christ, but I still battle. I'm still struggling and I don't want to. I want to be free. What do I need to do? And I remember distinctly one time I was having this conversation with a particular church leader. And they said to me, Oh, I would never do that. Talking about my life and the stuff that I had been through. And I remember that hearing those words made me feel worse (laughs) than I had already felt about myself and didn't in any way push me closer to to God or to to being free. Made me feel like I deserve to be rejected from him, quite honestly, even though that was never his heart. And what I learned was that they couldn't give me answers that they themselves didn't have. And I thank God that that was not the end of my story. If you know me at all personally, you know that I am far from having it all together. But I'm reminded of a quote that Martin Luther King made famous that I've often applied to myself. And I know there's some poor grammar, but this is exactly how it went. I ain't what I ought to be. I ain't what I want to be. I ain't even what I'm going to be. But thank God, I ain't what I was. And I encourage you, family, to never lose sight of the truth of how far you've come, the grace, the love, and the mercy of God that you've received. That really is the message of living out loud. I I don't have all the answers. I can't debate all the arguments. All I have is the evidence of a life that has been changed by a God 
who will do the same thing for anyone who will surrender to him. We all have further to go, but even in our pursuit of holiness and purity in him, we are a reflection of a God who can do the impossible. The choice of surrender is one in which all roads lead to the kingdom and to the king, and there is no God beside him, before him, or greater than him. So just remember that when you experience anyone's behavior that disappoints you or hurts you or offends you, you don't need to be the one who judges or criticizes and condemns people. But remember what Paul told the Corinthians in his first letter to them. 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says this, And such were some of you. In other words, you were just like those people doing whatever that thing is that's upsetting you. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. The evidence of your transformed life is enough to show the world who is watching you what God can do. So there's no reason to shrink back. Step back when you get upset and want to judge somebody else. Because now, more than ever, is the time for you to show the world what God can do just by showing them what he's done in you. Now, more than ever, it's time for you to live that truth boldly out loud.